1: Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.
2: It's a wild well circle. Flashing beyond Patterson and the Millers are in front sprinting the South Yorkshire derby. Oh. And for the first time in 42 yes. years, yes. Rotherham United win at it from on the edge of the box, a Dolphin. He can hit them and he does. Oh! No! Yeah! The Dolphin! Oh, what a Absolute scream of Rotherham United. Rotherham United oh. has secured their championship status for next season. Do me
3: a favor, drop me
2: Hello everybody! Welcome back to New York Talk. The journey begins. Uh, the stress, the joy, the pain, uh, and everything else that's in between starts on Saturday uh, with the trip to Stoke. Because all good journeys do start, I suppose, in Stoke or something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, with the first preview show of the season, as we look ahead to, to like to the, the curtain raiser. Um, yeah, pretty excited. Let's go. we'll we'll talk about what we think is going to who's going to sign. We've made the best sign? Do, we, do did we sign Andre Green before our last episode? Yes, we did. Can't remember. No, after. After. So we'll talk about Andre Green, the permanent sign of Andre Green, um, and any of the rumours that are coming through, and we'll talk about how we think we may set up for the game on Saturday. First of all, Danny, how are you? I'm doing good, thank you. How are we all? Super excited, is how I'm doing. Cannot mm-hmm. wait for the season to start. Uh, Mick, how are, they, how are the excitement levels in your household? Yeah, well, yeah, right. About where I expect him to be, as yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm too old to get excited about football. Well, that's
2: not true, and you know that's not true. Yeah, yeah. I did think that. <laughs> um, so yeah, here we go. Let's let's go first. So let's go through the comments. That people are with us, few people with us live, alive. um Terry Fenby, Simon Thorns. evening, everybody. Hope we're well and excited for Saturday. Terry Femme says, really excited. we got Andre, yeah, that's a big one. You choose a Gav Grundy, Dave Law, and Steve Grundy. And the Watford fans with us saying buzzing football is back, and Jamie says, evening all as well. Yeah, it was the Football League season starts Friday night um, with the Lowly League One team against the Premier League Giants at Hillsborough. Um, <laughs> so that's, good that's enough of that. <laughs> you are? That's enough of that. Yeah that's, gonna be good. <laughs> yeah, that's enough of that getting covered. Um, so, yeah, Danny, we're going to the season. We've, we've done all our predictions. If anybody's watching and hasn't seen our predictions, go and have a look, um, because we've done, we've done a lot. Um, how are you feeling for the season? We've we predicted the predictions, but let's sort of try and take us rather glasses off for a minute, because everybody else in the world thinks it's pointless us turning up, to be honest. We may as well just start 2024 in League One. How are you feeling in general about the Millers going into Saturday and the season in general? Um... I think going into Saturday, I think it'd be a mistake
4: to underestimate Stoke, you know, and a mistake going in saying, oh, we've got this in the bag look at the signings we've made, blah-de-blah but um, as a whole, I'm weirdly optimistic for this season Um, it seems to be one of them where you know, like the quote-unquote experts who have made Mm -hmm. a lot of predictions have all pegged us for going down you know, like 24th, 23rd just still in the red zone all the time. I mean, I can count on one hand how many times I've seen Rob from staying up and even then it's by the finest of margins from what they've said. But it's almost the way that we like it. We almost like to fly under the radar and then surprise people. And that's what I'm strangely optimistic about this season. Like I feel as though we're going to live up to that mantle of surprising people because we have recruited smartly. We've not sort of fallen back on... Uh, last season's success and really dug reels with uh, dug a heels in with trying to just reminisce with that success we've tried to build up on it and you know the signings like Cafu, andre green um <clears throat> and then the young lads as well will show how we want to take it to the next level it's going to be a lot harder this season because of the um the aura that some of the clubs have brought with them you know the, the quote unquote massive auras that Some clubs have with them. Um, Mick's got the joke, that's good. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and that's what's going to make it difficult. It's going to be like, we're always going to be up against it, but we sort of live to be like that in the Championship and that's another reason why I think we'll surprise a few. Um, And yeah, like Terry Femby's just said, being underdog plays right into our hands exactly that. That's
2: why I'm optimistic. Yeah, we do like it when people underestimate us. I do. That's that's when we play our best. Um, the irony is, Mick, if this squad had played last season, they, this this squad would not have been anywhere near the bottom three. This this squad of players would probably be sailing off into the most boring fourteenth place finish, fifteenth place finish you've ever seen. But it just emphasises the step up in quality this season. That this is arguably one of the best squads we've we've had pre season on paper that we've had at this level in a, probably a generation. But, yeah, we're still sat here saying it's going to be still going to be a, a mega tough season.
3: <laughs> we are, but we don't know, do we? We don't know. You know, you've got... The, the clubs that come, have come down, probably with the exception of Southampton, have got their own troubles, whether it be financial, whether it be on the pitch as well, Our leads, You know, they've not been not particularly uh, pulling any trees up. In fact, all they've been doing is offloading players. Uh, off the wagefield So, uh, yeah. you know, we've got... we've got The Massive have come up. Um, Ipswich, who also think seem to think that they're Massive, um, have come up. But you don't know. You don't know how it's going to pan out. Just because a club's got a big name, just because a club was once in the Premier League or once won the Premier League, doesn't mean that now, here, in 2023-24... They're on the same level as us. Mm. They're playing in the same league as us. Um, So, it I said it on the uh, probably on the, uh, on the prediction show. I think last uh, when I when I gave my predictions, this league is just a mad mad league, and everybody is tipping Leeds, Southampton, Leicester to be up there fighting for the top two. Probably, maybe not Leeds so much. Maybe Leeds for playoffs mm. uh, and Rotherham. Huddersfield and Cardiff or QPR or whoever you want to go down, so everybody's jumping on the same bandwagon. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Those predictions have as much chance coming true as turning table on its head. You know, it's such a weird league. So I I don't, I don't, I don't give it much, much um, credence. To be honest with you, it's all Mm. uh, we'll be fine. We will be fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, and what I always say is the start is everything. Terry Femi says, "Look at the start last year. We had, we do that, and then we'll we'll do okay. We have, we do have a better team than last year." Yeah, I think that's what I think. That's if you ever saw that, we'll be fine because the manager probably still be here. Um, if we have an eight game starting with we're eighth or something like that, I don't I don't think there's much such a change manager. But uh, I mean. The- the bottom line is that
3: Matt that this time last year we were saying, Oh, look, Norwich have come down, Watford have come down, yeah. they're gonna be absolutely walking away with this league. did happened, did it, you know?
0: No.
3: Um,
2: so it's it, it it's a weird, weird division. Weird division. Oh, but well, that's why it's good, isn't it? That's why it's that's why it's the yeah. best division to be in. Yeah, yeah. We all want to be, you know, we all want to touch the stars and be in the Premier League, but the championship yeah. is the most exciting and unpredictable league in the world. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah I'm glad to be here. Um, let's talk about Andre Green Danny confirmed two year deal, not of not a single year deal like everybody I like call the other signings. Um, took a couple of days longer than we all thought, but irrelevant it's done. Uh, how happy are you with uh, another
4: attacker? Um, <clears throat> yeah, very happy. I mean, I've seen a few people say you know across the socials like where like same question as last season where are the goals going to come from for this season? Um, and even in the preview show of sort of predicted Andre Green to do very well um, purely from his exploits in pre-season and I think he is the type of um, attacker that is going to compliment Jordan Hugel as well mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and so yeah I'm really happy with Andre Green I mean um, he showed flashes of the potential he had uh, whilst it was at Villa you know the goal he scored against Sheffield United mm-hmm. I mean, they came back from like 3-0 down in 8 minutes or something mm-hmm. silly uh, and then scored against Sheffield United for us. Um, good lad in claiming the goal as well. And it, it was meant as a goal and not a cross. Good lad. Um, but, yeah, I mean, not to put too much pressure on Andre Green, but he's sort of been brought in to bolster an attack where we like Jordan Hugo because he's, you know, uh, the hard man up front and contributes with goal. We've got Kelly, who was like, sort of like the quote-unquote club golden child for what he did at Gillingham and from last season as well with some important goals. Um, so he sort of comes into that with a lot of high expectation, but again, I think he's going to live up to it. He's a sort of player that will feed off it and contribute with the goals. And, and I'm actually quite excited that he's here. You know, like when we found out he was on trial with us, it was a, uh, oh, you know how how is he on? And that's what sparked my question to Matt Taylor: like, did we go to him or did he come to us for the trial? You know, and it sort of paid off for everybody, and now he's an Auburn United player, and you know, for a couple seasons, so. If he does well this season, might get an extension on top of that extra year. If not, then it's, you know, it's it's a smart smart business idea. But I'm really excited for Andre Green. I really, really hope it's the ground running. And Matt Taylor's already said we want to bring in another attacker. So it's sort of feeding into Taylor's whole thing of sort your defence out and then go and sort out your attack. Sort, of sort the defence out with re-signing the key players from last season and now the attack's sort of getting fresher. So it's like fresh players, fresh ideas up top. Um, but keeping with the same ide- ideology that they work hard and they chip in where they can. And I think Andre Green is the player to do that, is even though he's taking Chio's old number, <clears throat> it's a completely different ball game with him being a number eleven. Mm. Um and not to put money on it, but I have a hunch Green's gonna score the first goal of our
2: season. <laughs> Fair enough, fair
3: it's, enough. Um, it's an interesting story, Andre Green, isn't it, when you think about it? I mean, I, I'm not sure whether I've heard this story before, you know, a Premier League player who couldn't really, couldn't really cut it in the Premier League, couldn't, for, for whatever reason, wasn't able to make first team uh, in his early 20s, so went to play abroad um, and then came back to uh, Little Old Rotherham United. Just so. I've not really heard that story before. Um, oh, sorry, wait, I have, haven't yeah. And look at how that turned out. Listen, he's gone away, and he's 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 gone away, and he's he's learned his trade, hasn't he? You know, he's um, he's kind of earned his stripes, if you like. And he, my understanding—I mean, I've read to my understanding is, is is that he wants to settle in this area. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, but uh, I'm I'm quite excited for him. He's a prospect, isn't he? There's no doubt yeah. he's a prospect. It's whether or
2: not, like Cam Humphreys, were a prospect. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've got, I've got so much respect for people that, for players that do that. The, the, we, we see you see players in England who really struggle to settle down in the Premier League, in the Championship, and they'll just sort of drop down. They'll just continue dropping down. You'll see random players in National League. No, oh, he's still playing, but he took the he took a massive leap. It's not like he's gone to America, which is an English speaking country and and, and a and very easy uh, so maybe no. transition. He's gone to, he's, he's gone to an Eastern, Eastern European country, which is which is nowhere near home. And I've got so much respect for somebody to go and try that and do that uh, and be a success. You know, it's not like he went over there and played three games uh, and you would go George, I they went to Belgium and it didn't work out for him and, and it hasn't worked out to now. I've I, I so much respect. For, and the players that have come on for his admission mate, uh, mm-hmm. did that as well. It, it just shows the willingness to learn, try something different and the determination. He's, it's not, it's not, he's not giving up. He's, he's been determined to revive his career. Um, and I think that shows a lot about his character, which is exactly what me what that is, isn't it, really? Yeah, we're, a, we're a team and a club that's built on character, really. So I really hope, for his sake and our sake, uh, that it goes well. I feel like it's a bit of a free hit for both clubs, for both us and him, Danny, because if it do not go very well, he's on a relatively short-term contract. I can't imagine he's on 15 grand a week. And if it goes badly, he can go somewhere else, whether it's lower league England or, or back abroad. If it works out really well, we've got an extra year on there. And the sky's the limit, and so it's, it's it feels like a really good, almost risk-free for both.
4: Yeah, it, it, like I say, it sounds like it's a smart bit of business. You know, he's come in impressed on trial. Um, I think to have had another player on a one-year deal would have been a bit silly because that's even more to sort out next next uh, next summer. Um, so to have two years, like you say, it's a bit of security for Rose. Like if he has a brilliant season, we've got that extra year if he doesn't have a brilliant season and is sort of steady and we decide to cash in or he wants to go elsewhere, you know, we still have that year option for a, a bit of money for us, but also be um, not, him not leaving on a free either. Mm. But then also at the same time, like you say, if he does have a stinker, which in my opinion is unlikely, it's still not a massive waiting game to offload him because it's not worked out. But mm. Yeah, I think two year sounds about right. I think three year, a three year contract purely based on a trial period would have been a bit strong. But mm-hmm. then I think a year wouldn't have been enough either, because it's like it's not really enough to let him show what he can do.
3: Yeah. Uh,
4: so yeah, so two year sounds about right for a trialist, I think. Yeah. But then again, it is Andre Green, um, who, you know, came from Villa's ranks like quite highly, sort of. Um, didn't quite work out for him. Made um, a bit of a name for himself in uh, in Slovakia, and then has come back to England, like wanting to settle. Mm. You know, so, so I think it, we're as keen for him to do well as he is. We think we'll mm. make it all work out nicely for everybody.
2: Mm. Yeah, I agree. Let's move on to just the general striking picture. Make Sam Darby says can't see us scoring much this season, and I, I sort of I see I see people have this opinion. I don't really. See, I don't really understand it because if you, this is no. good through what we've got. You've got Georgia Kelly who's going to score goals. He's going to get at least five this season just if, if he plays. If he, if he plays 10 games as sub, he'll still probably score five yeah, yeah, you're yeah. in Georgia. Yeah, uh, you've got yeah. John Hugel who scored five goals in less than half a season when he wasn't fully fit. I accept a couple of those were penalties, but he still scored five goals in less than half a season. Yeah, yeah. You've got Andre Green who was saying is is will give us a sat last night. He's a, he's a roughly a one-in-three striker. Mm. That is that that doesn't include ollie Rathbone, who also has got a very good hand in goals. And I don't, I can't remember any goals he got last season. But there's goals on Ollie Rathbone. There's an odd yeah. goal in Cafo. There's I, a goal in Ben Wiles. There's a goal in Ben Wiles. There's with a goal in Sean Morrison from set pieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not really worried, to be honest with you. I don't think I am either. I mean, it it would be nice
3: to bolster that striking department, but nevertheless, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about it. I'm not. Um, I don't. Uh, it's it's difficult because you know we we you, you look at the quality. I, I think, and it's a, it's all about opinions. Into it? it's got to be about opinions because we've never, mm-hmm. with the exception of a couple of friendlies, we've not really seen them play together. Uh, yeah. or play, or the individuals play. So you, you know you you're kind of going off a off a very sort of small sample mm-hmm. size, if you like, aren't you? But nevertheless, I'm I'm really excited by the the. The players that have come in and I, I don't see there being an issue per se with any particular department whether it be striking, midfield or defence um, It's the key for me is whether we're going to be able to get it right tactically which I think is where we fell down when we had that slip, uh, slip up or low period in la- the last season um, and whether we can just maintain a little bit of consistency you know as well as I do you both know as well as I do, and everybody listening does. You you string a series of results together in this division, and you're way, You're done. You know you're, you're away from that bottom, and unlikely to get back down there unless you string a, a similar number of defeats together, which is you un- Which would you know don't, don't generally happen. Anybody in this division that can strike up any sort of consistency moves away from that relegation zone pretty quickly. Uh, for me, that's where we we need to be looking, but. Yeah, scoring goals I don't I'm not too worried about conceding. I'm I'm far less worried about than I was than I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I mean I don't want to tempt fate obviously, but <laughs> it just feels the defense feels so much stronger. So um yeah, I, I'm not at this stage I'm not concerned. Till five mm-hmm.
2: o'clock on, on Saturday, then I will be. <laughs> Well exactly. Um let's sort of move on to Saturday in a bit more specific details, Danny, by sort of talking about the news that came come out today, which is the confirmation of, of club captain, that is Sean Morrison. Um Ollie Rathbone had the captain's armband in Richard was absent, so it was never actually captain, it just had the armband. Same with John wasn't actually captain, he just had the armband when other players weren't available. For me, this is a this is a shoe in. I think it's a very smart decision, a very probably a very easy decision because he just looks like a guy similar to Richard Woods, so I just want to follow him into battle really
4: yeah um it just sort of makes sense you know he, he was Cardiff's captain whilst he was there before he suffered his injury um it just seems like the you know like the captain sort of type you know like it's, it's like it's like the next next man up from Woody, like he said, effectively. Like uh, next man up, and he takes the armbands. Um, it's nothing against Ollie or Hugel. I think they were great when they were captains, even with Wilesy as well. Mm-hmm. They um, led the line when called upon. And I think if you were to look at it in one aspect, like even though Morrison's the captain, I'd say like Ollie, Hugel and um, and Wiles are like the lieutenants of the club. But if you want to look at it that way, like if Morrison isn't available, it's one of them three who's going to be with the armband. Um, so, so but yeah, I'm happy that Morrison's the captain. Um, I'd be a bit happier if he was on a longer contract <laughs> with being club captain. But that might be something to look at in the future, even though he's only here for a year initially. On his current deal, that might get extended if he stays fit. And if that's the case and he wants to stay here, then fantastic. We might have a longer progressional club captain like we did with Woody. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, Millie says, What about a Rathbow? Will he be number two for the captain? Seems logical based on the frequency and friends. Yeah, as far as I'm mm-hmm. aware, I think I'm right in saying he's vice captain, officially is vice captain, um, which makes perfect sense because we saw last season, Nick, we, we, we all that it, it, it doesn't look the most vocal on the pitch most with you. And no. I, I don't see him organising, but he just leads by example. He just right. I'm going to run hard and, and do this. Do this with me. Yeah. Um, he just seems that kind of guy to, to, to follow. I would, again, I follow him, but in a diff, for a different way and a different reason. Yeah. Morris, that makes sense. He, 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 you're right. He leads by example, doesn't he? Uh,
3: absolutely, he does, and, and he's, he's, he's obviously got that infectious personality as well. So, mm. which which obviously helps. So, yeah. Um, no-brainer for morrison and then realistically it's a no-brainer for for uh for ollie as well um like you said probably a reasonably easy decision for uh for matt taylor to make that mm. um you know he's he's morrison's a, he's a he is a richard wood type character into mm. um so yeah easy easy peasy
2: that one very um so sure, let's move forward. Let's move forward, now. We've got so excited coming up. Let's look at how we think we're going to set up. For me, there's only one way we can set up, wing and wingers. So it's going to have to be a 3-5-2. I can't see a, a way around that, really. You've got Fred, you've got Fred as a, as a right winger, I think. That's it, as far as I can work out. <laughs> Thoughts, Danny? <laughs> oh, OK. Yep, sorry.
4: Um. <clears throat> I, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean... Yeah, um, well, I'll use that excuse anyway. Um, I mean, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. We don't have out-and-out wingers per se, uh, but we certainly have the players here to certainly play with like advancing wing-backs and playing that sort of system. Yeah. Like We can have Bramwell on the left-hand side. Like, he's very good up and down the flank. And then, like you say, with... Um, on your dimmer? Is that how you say it? On your dimmer? So. Uh, let me know if I've butchered that in the comments, by the way. Um, but with those two out wide, like uh, Fred's got the pace on the right hand side. We saw that against Lincoln and how he just bombed forward, but was also able to bomb back. Same with, um, with Dexter as well. He's got that raw pace that is really beneficial on the wings, regardless if you play wing backs or out and out wingers. I personally thought Fred was up front in a three. Against Lincoln, right. um, but I, I, so he sort of lined uh, lined up wider than I thought. So, and then Bramwell was a bit further forward. So maybe that's the com- the compensation. Maybe that's your five in midfield where it is more winger based wing backs mm-hmm. and just, just your central three at the back. But I do think how we lined up against Lincoln is probably the dress rehearsal of how we're going to line up against Stoke. Uh, maybe with Green in instead of Kelly. Um, but what was that four four two or four? I think it was a three five two. Okay, I think. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, I, I think it will be Bramall and Onyedima on, on the wide areas until we either a get more bodies in, or b some players can fill in either or, you know, mm-hmm. which which isn't the best. But we sort of got Fred and Dexter on the right side, and then we've got Bramall on the left side. Ferguson's not too far away. Yeah. So that could end up being your left side sorted, but the way it's shaping up now, and the fact that we've not signed out and out wingers, we've sort of signed more wing back orientated players. It does sound like it's going to be that midfield five this yeah. season, um, which you know we've played with before in the championship and it sort of went well for us as long as it's not. A five four one, which was yeah. like the curse of the previous management in the championship, with your one central striker. We should um, see that formation bear fruit, or at least fingers crossed it does.
2: Mm. You've got Andre Green and Mick, who seems pretty mobile to me, so it wouldn't surprise me to potentially Andre Green as not a central striker. If 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 we did, we saw Matt Tillow seem to like four three three last season, when that was just to get. Geo in in his right position, or I don't know. Mm. But with four three three with Onya on the right and maybe Andre Green as, as a as a left prong of that three could be an option. I I don't know enough about Andre Green to sort of maybe maybe that. but he does seem quite mobile, doesn't he? It does. And and I I, I I see him more perhaps sitting in that number ten role just behind mm. um
3: just behind Hugo, maybe. You know, maybe a three five one one. I don't know. We'll have to yeah. wait and see. Um that's how he struck me, but Again, I've, I've no evidence for it. Have I? you know, it's you just you just sort of it's it's, it's really difficult to tell. But um, I'd certainly be I'd certainly be looking at starting those two up front to start with uh, on Saturday. I, I don't think his approach Matt Taylor's approach is going to be anywhere near the same uh, as previous management or even to be fair the uh, last season's approach to away games, which was basically just dig in, wasn't it? Yeah. You know? Paul Warren started that sort of process of going away from home and digging in and and, and, and trying to battle out a draw and, and Matt Taylor kind of carried that on a little bit, at last Stoke City away last season, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so, I don't think we're going to see that this year, Not certainly not to start with, I, I would hope anyway. Um, it seems to be a manager who wants to go out and win games. Not necessarily, you know, just sort of play the percentages and see if we can get a point. So, I, I suspect he will go to up top. Um, certainly at the beginning of the season, anyway. Um, mm. And those, those are the two I think he'll start with. Mm. Uh,
2: John S says uh, Green has played left wing in his career. Someone says, yeah, so that would potentially work. Um, mm. Will says, you know, it's the new season when you can't pronounce a player's name, we're back.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I mean, that was just standard for me, isn't it? Like, I, I kept calling JJ... Uh, uh KO'd but it's KO'd A I now know. There's emphasis on the E, but I didn't know that. But anyway, that's just me. Well they like to me saying Rathburn next, bet right?
2: you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of players, we're not sure how to pronounce the name Liam, Bates, it's as if we signed Chris as a sort of a, a, a deep line deep line midfielder, does that signal the end of a Dauphin? So my understanding, Danny, is that Chris is not that kind of player. Um a, a Rathbun's more a bit a bit more physical. And to be fair, a Rathbun, uh a Duffin never played as a as a deep line midfielder under Matt Taylor. It was it was much more have that freedom, go and roam, go make an absolute nuisance of yourself. So I'm mm. hoping, I'm praying that that's not the end of a dolphin because they've got so much to offer us.
4: Yeah, I, I think the same as well. I think um the the one thing I can sort of see from the midfield is that like the only one that isn't really in, well, in my opinion, anyway, isn't really going to be played as your sort of flatter midfield. It's probably Wiles. Like, I think he's going to be your more advanced midfielder and he's just going to roam about just behind the attackers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest is going to be a sort of almost like a rotational basis. Like, you'll have you'll have Rathbone, you'll have Lindsay, Adolphin, Cafu, and is it Tyree?
2: I'm not sure. I'm not yeah, I'm going to
4: end up calling him Tiki or something, aren't, <laughs> aren't Because we can't say Christ, because that's that's blasphemous. Um, that's what my mum's told me anyway. Um, but yeah, an- anyway, so the new guy, shall we say, um, I think he's almost been brought in to be like the midfield distributor, which was sort of Barlass's game, but I never <laughs> thought Barlas had played that deep sitting role. He was still... Next to Rathbone, mm. but like, um, but they almost like sort of in the attack. Um, Rathbone went further forward and bar, sort of then he sat back and looked for the pass. I think that's almost going to be the new guy's game as well. Um, the one person I do for, still feel sorry for is Lindsay because it's like, where does Lindsay come into it? You know, he's like Lindsay Rathbone's replacement, like, and, that, and that's that substitute. Yeah. Or I'm not, I'm not sure to be fair, but it's better to have that headache than just to have three midfielders and you have to play those three midfielders. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just going to go out of the way and call him and call him Taihi until someone says no. Um, but I think Taihi will be the distributor. Um, but can you imagine a midfield of Taihi, Cafu, Rathbone and then with Wiles slightly more advanced of them? Like That mm. sounds scary. And then you've still got a Dauphin and Lindsay on the bench to impact the game later on, or you know, switch out and have the dolphin Dau- start and then maybe bring, um, I don't know, say, um, Taiki on later on in, in the game to really stretch the play when everyone's a bit tired. Like, yeah, you, you can see where the plan starts to come together, but you can also see where the headache comes from it as well. Um, like he's just said, I'd rather have the headache than not. I'd rather have a a headache rather than just go, right, so the midfield three is going to be Rathbone, Catherine Wiles week in, week out until one of them is injured and then we change formation mm. so I like to have the headache, it's better to have more of something and explore all the options available rather than just go well it has to
2: be him, do not it? Yeah, I think we are certainly made the midfield. Got, they've got bag's of options to be fair to play a few different types of midfield with, and, and some mm. central defence as well It allows yeah. us to be flexible,
4: that's what it Very is flexible. Yeah, definitely and I think that's um, been an issue for us in the championship in the past where we've not been flexible. We've sort of mm-hmm. been very rigid in our approach, whereas this, we can sort of come at it all different ways and still chop and change things during a game and not be so um, wooden pole for a spine, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, we've gone from having a wooden pole spine to like a slinky spine and that better suits the
2: championship. Yeah, it does. I agree completely. Um yeah, uh, Will says, I only quickly read about Paul, Paul Davis and Lindsay's a few weeks where I'm not sure it's a few weeks where Lindsay, but is he a few weeks where do we think? I can't. I know, I've just, him, Eves, and Ferguson are all three mm-hmm. out. Certainly out for Saturday anyway. Um, Grant Hall obviously has a hamstring issue. Uh, he was un- he is unlikely for Saturday, which is a shame, but that's why he signed Morris, and that's why he signed Tyler Blackett. Um,
4: Although, from what Paul Davis said, we're willing to wait right up until Saturday morning to decide if Hall's fit or not. So, again, that shows how key Hall is into it, but also Mm. shows that we've got options.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. It absolutely does. Um, So let's move on to mixed favourite part, EFL stuff. PGM well, yeah. refereeing update kind of things. We've already talked to death about the time, time added on the situation. Unless you guys have anything to add on that one, I'll just recap it. So basically ref- add, add time on for goals scored, substitutions, cards, injuries, more rigidly, essentially. Um, so fully expect 10 minutes injury time, 10 plus minutes injury time uh, from every game. This is not going to be an you know, in, in isolated thing. It'll be every single game, hopefully um gareth Andrews is already quite unhappy about that which is just delicious <laughs> just tastes so sweet on the eve of the season um do you for, before we do have to talk about do you have guys any have any issues with assuming it's, let's assume it's going to be implemented correctly do you have any any issues with this new idea of tackling time wasted I, I have no issues with it whatsoever in principle it's a great
3: idea should have been done a long time ago um Let's wait and see to see whether it happens. Yeah. You, I, uh, everybody else knows that it won't be done consistently.
2: Mm. So, see,
3: Danny. Yeah, we will, we will, and it's it's again. It, we every season we come up with a new initiative, and by six or seven games in, it's all gone by the wayside. So, hopefully, this one sticks. But again, we've said that every season we've been doing this podcast, haven't we? And none of them have yet. Even before that, all. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I can't think of a
0: single one where, where, where the, the, the early season initiative is actually stuck. No, I can't. That. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app.
1: we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates, a simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah. We'll no, think- this, is, this is almost
2: a rule change I and mean, it's not technically a rule change. But there, there is guidelines to it. There are, you know, there, I, I ain't got in front of me because I, I've read it and forgot, forgot about it, obviously. Um, but there is set things where the, where the game has to be stopped and timed for. So it does seem an, a real strong emphasis on this. <laughs> you, you read it
4: and forgot about it. Why does that sound like most referees in the AFL this season? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's it's like a. Like a rule change, but like in disguise, weirdly. Mm. Like it's almost bringing in stopping the clock without stopping the clock. You know, I mean, yeah. look at what's happening with the women's World Cup. Uh, which game was it? Was it England against China where they had like eleven minutes added time? Yeah,
2: about fourteen.
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that will be us because quite a fair chunk of that is VAR decisions as well. Because I think we took yeah. like three minutes to decide on a decision for England whether it were a goal or not. Um, so I don't think that will come in with us, like, like with uh, with time wasting and substitutes and celebrations and stuff. It'll certainly mount up. And like Melissa says, it's interesting how it stands with levels like, like fitness levels to play a hundred minutes plus, you know. So to say uh, to say the now conditioning players to play a hundred minutes worth of football shows how big of a rule change it is. Like we could be seeing. Burnley levels have added time every single match day, but hopefully not playing Burnley time or next goal winner, which is what we actually played at Burnley. Um, but then, like Will says, why not just stop the clock? Like, why not switch it to rugby rules where if the ball goes out of play, the clock is stopped? Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting point. Um, and the more football he's moving forward and trying to combat time wasting, we could end up seeing that. But it, like I said, it almost feels like the rule change in disguise where they want to see what it's like stopping the clock without actually having one press stop on the clock.
2: Mm. I don't think you can stop the clock, but rugby works because when the ball goes out of play, you've got to wait. You can't just throw the ball straight back in. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a set, you know, that you've got to line up and throw it out properly or whatever. Yeah. There's more of a, there's more of a sideline routine. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, whereas football, if it goes out for, for a throw, it could be back in within seconds, or it could take two minutes. It's, I don't think it's as easy to stop the clock in football. Um, but in theory, this should should solve those problems. Um, we will wait and see. Like, like, Thanks, right? VAR helps, also helps the multi-ball system back, which mm. I am a big fan of as well. They should never got rid of it. That was stupid to get rid of it in the first place. Uh, this is different to the original one. You'll, if you've been to a pre-season friendly, you'll see that there's about ten balls dotted around the pitch, on like a cone. Um, and there are ball boys which, I have from again, my understanding is the ball boys are instructed to pass the ball to the player when the player asks for it or, or something similar to that. So that should solve a lot of time wasting issues as well. Um, <laughs> we'll see. We will see. Uh, there's also been a, a, an added stress on player behaviour, which is coming in as well. Uh, they want to they want to stop the referees being surrounded. Uh, again, from my understanding, is if if Every time a referee is surrounded by a bunch of players, the referee will book at least one of those players. That's how I, I was explained to me on, on, on telly. Um, so we'll see. Again, that, that's, that's, that fits right into the category of that'll do it for three weeks, and yeah. then the fourth week they'll forgot all about it, and they'll be back yeah. round doing it again. It'll be just daft. That's
3: that's the obvious one to, uh, to the chop after uh, two or three games in it, whereas realistically, it's the one that most reasonably shouldn't, you yeah, know. Um, um, so it's, referees need to take charge of games, uh, and that's one of the ways of doing it. Into it, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's wait and see on that. You know, we, we we know what we're going to get in the championship. I can't see it being much different no. uh, to, to the way it has been over the past few years. Um, I guess you know, you, you think about it. I suppose in reality, the referees in the championship just mirror. The football teams in the championship, don't they? Inconsistent, sometimes good at the job, sometimes not. You know, it, it's kind of it kind of mirrors the, mirrors the league itself. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see.
2: Yeah, we'll. Uh, John Busby or Bushby, Busby is the referee for Saturday. He refereed us at least twice last season. He most recently, refereed us against Reading, away at Reading with with the two late goals. No how was he made a mistake in the West Brom game. I would give him West Brom a penalty, for th- I think the third goal. Um, but one one mistake out of two games is a pretty good record compared to other referees that are still refereeing in the coming season. Um, moving away from refereeing side of things, there is an increase in the amount of substit- substitutes on the bench. That's increased from seven to nine, which will allow more, more players on the bench. You still have five substitutions in three occasions. I don't know if that's, if that's one of the reasons, Danny, I sort of think, I'm sort thinking out loud a little bit, that the loan market's been so slow. Because if all the FL clubs have got nine, two extra players, they've got to fill the bench, which means they're less likely to let any youngsters go out because they might need them for 10 minutes every couple of weeks.
4: Yeah, that's an interesting point, actually. And it's so, uh, changed it now to match day 20 rather than mm. your stereotype of the match day 18. Um. So, yeah, maybe clubs are sort of hanging on to their younger players, like you say, and not exploring the loan market until they bring in the players to fill their own bench and then they'll send them out on loan. So, with that way of thinking, we might see the loan market probably picking up after the 20th of August. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's when it will really start uh, kicking off, if you'll pardon the pun, with the loan market. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's interesting how... You know, back in uh, the um, the older times of football, how there were no substitutes at all, and then it started creeping in with like one, and then three, and then you could have a fuller bench. And now, through COVID, we've bumped it up to five, and now we're still with five, but even more players on the bench. So it's almost like more of a packing out of a squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm all for it because it actually reduces the chance of injury having yeah. more players available on a rotational basis. Um, but, but it's just flip- interesting to see how football evolves with it, for me
3: anyway On the flip side of that, Daniel, what it also does is benefits the, team with the teams with the biggest budgets
4: Yeah, that's true um, as well You know,
3: there's there's, you know, the, your likes of Leicester and Leeds and um, whoever, it, whoever else came down with them Southampton, you know, they can pack their bench with nine players who will probably get first team sports in most championship clubs mm. uh, because mm. they can't yeah, you know, so it just <laughs> benefit clubs like that as well. So, uh, but they can still only put five of a month pitch. So, mm.
2: yeah, um, yeah. And the other, other thing is, uh, Millie and John S sing following videos of Rotherham fans. You can't use clothing to dry the ball uh any outside object. It's a pointless and bit stupid rule. But blame Wes. That's what I <laughs> uh, Are we are we banning? Uh,
3: uh, is is that right? Are they banning the towels as well then?
2: Not sure on that to be honest, anyway, it's, it's outside stuff, so for example, a jumper wouldn't be possible. I'm not sure on towels, to be honest. Um, don't know.
4: Have, have you seen the thing where they're on about incorporating um dry material into football shirts so players can just <laughs> use the shirt and carry on
2: with it? I've seen that floating about uh, uh, a couple of times. Love that. Um, moving on, moving on, moving on. Stoke on Saturday, there is a scout report coming up of Stoke tomorrow. Um, that'll be out on the YouTube channel if you want to watch 10, 15-minute jobby uh, listing about Stoke's close season and the positivity that's rolling around Stoke City at the moment make 10, 10 or so signs they've made they could be in for, for a half-decent season which is going to make Saturday a very tough start Yeah, it is it's going to be a tough
3: start We're always going to... Stoke's a tough place to go anyway mm. um, and I, I, I Personally, I've not taken a massive amount of interest in in who they signed Um so we'll have to wait and see how that pans out, but you know, Alex Neal being Alex Neal, he'll be setting them up won't he, for uh, for the long ball. So hopefully that'll um, <laughs> that'll come and bite him in backside. But you know, you're bringing you're bringing ten. If you are bringing ten new players in, you know, it's, you ain't going to get a, a, a top notch performance from them the first game out. So maybe maybe if if as one or two people are suggesting that Stoke might be dark horses this season first day of the season might be the best time to play them. Might not, of course, but yeah. um, the, that first day always throws up some some wild mm-hmm. results to, you know, yeah, some sort awesome. of real, real unusual results. So, fingers crossed it'll be a 4-0 rather than win away at Stoke. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's, it, again, it's the same as us. You know, we're sitting here trying to, trying to make a, a judgment on a team that mm. we know even less about than we know about ours. We don't know a great deal about ours because, it's virtually yeah.
2: in the squad, so, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see, but it's going to be a tough game, always is there. Yeah, absolutely, it's about 1,500 tickets are sold for us. I think they're still on sale, they're not on sale till the day. Uh, sorry, there's no pay on the day, but if you fancy a trip to Stoke, I'm sure it's lovely. <laughs> um, Danny, on our, on our, so let's try and predict a, predict a, a, a setup and formation. I'll, I'll go first, because this is easier. Victor's going to start in goal, I think. Yeah, uh, pretty confident on that one. So, do you reckon three centre halves then? Just uh, is going to is going to be the the start? Um, yeah, I think
4: so. I mean, we've sort of seen Humphrey's playing on the right sides mm. of the three during mm. pre Um and we're more used to him playing on the left hand sides uh, from last season. So that's an interesting little shake up. But you know, it's happened for a reason. And as the memes keep saying, let Taylor cook because he's making something. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a a back three, a Humphreys,
2: Morrison, and Blackett, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm quite excited about it. I mean, this is purely based on the third goal at Lincoln, but the Cam Humphreys, the right-hand side of that three, yeah. he's, he's, he, he's probably been handicapped playing left of a three or left or, or left, left centre-back over a two. Yeah. He's obviously right foot. He's obviously very technically a very, very good player. Yeah. I'm interested to see if that was a one-off or whether there's a plan here.
3: Yeah, yeah, I am as well. And uh, you know, I, even as that move was happening, you know, he saw, he saw Cam Humphrey sort of come forward and then stop and think about it a bit and, and mm. the kind of thing, it was almost as if he thought, oh yeah, I can do this, I'm allowed mm. to do this. And he made that run uh, and obviously set up the goal, got the assist for it. So he, he's definitely got the ability to do that without a shadow of a doubt, no question. Um, and, and I just wonder whether that switch to the right-hand side has has got something to do with it. I hope it has, because uh, mm. that would be great to see, because it, it adds another, another string to our bow. We know how good he is at stepping out of defence anyway, Yeah, with the ball, um, and he can pick a pass, so why not? It seems it seems like, another, again, another kind of no-brainer, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, it um, does. So, we'll have to wait and see how that, uh, how that develops, if it develops at all, but hopefully it will.
2: Yeah, feels like Sheffield United, didn't it? Uh, they yeah. got promoted playing the overlapping centre-backs now obviously that yeah. wasn't an over up run, but same some similar principle. Mm-hmm. Um right hand side, let's go let's assume I agree that they're gonna be attacking fullbacks, attacking wing backs. I don't think they'll be out wingers, but just is that Fred and Cohen and Brammel or do you think Dexter gets in there? Um <clears throat> I think using the example that Lincoln was like the dress
4: rehearsal mm-hmm. for the Stoke game. Uh, I think it is going to be Freds on the right hand sides. Like, even though Dexbury is like the young prodigy from Wolves, and you know he's got a bit of Premier League experience in there as well, maybe he's not quite ready to be just sort of thrown in at the deep ends yeah. with it. Um, so that's why I think it's going to be Fred on the right, and then Rammel on the left hand sides. Which is pace to burn on the flanks, by the way. Like that's that sounds scary to line up against. I wouldn't like that if I was. Uh, in a midfield or a defence against them because they'll just run past you. You know, like Cohen's one of the fastest players at the club. Fred's got afterburners on him as well. Um, I do like the idea of him and Dexter rotating through the game Mm. just to keep it fresh on that right-hand side. Um, But, yeah, I do think um, Fred's going to
2: start. He's quite excited, that pace, mate. It was on the right-hand side, obviously, we're talking about Fred. Fred, He played basically, if I might again, he played basically wing-back for Luton. And as much as Chia was a great player, an amazing player, you couldn't play a three-five-two with Chia because no. you would have to play him as a right wing back, which he which he was okay at in League One, or a striker. Whereas yeah. Ferlidimir can clearly play as a right wing back, and he's got that pace, so you don't really lose anything. So it's, it's obviously not an upgrade, but in terms of positional sense, it might it might help us more. I think as a right, if you if you're looking for a right wing back, it's an upgrade. It's
3: an upgrade because you know. With the greatest respect to Chio, he had to adapt to playing wing back. You know, it wasn't his game, and he was kind of made into that by um, uh, by Paul Warren. So he is a more defensive player than Chio, quite clearly. But he's Mm -hmm. played that role in this at this level um, for for at least a season, probably more. So yeah, overall, I guess it's not an upgrade. That, that's, that's irrelevant, really, isn't it? You know, it, yeah. it's... That position, it probably is. I've just said that about three times now, I? The same thing three times. Maybe I should become a politician.
2: Be sure. should, <laughs> yeah. um, It will be Bramwell. I think the only left-sided player is Bob Blackett, who I, I think we all agree with probably centre-half, and Taladji who is at best third or fourth choice, sadly for him. Um, so he almost certainly will be coming, Bramwell. i picked him as my breakout player this season so hopefully he has a storming game. Um midfield three, Danny. A lot to pick from. Would again mm. use using the Lincoln game as, as, as some example. Cafu Wiles Rathbone do you think? Uh
4: yeah, I think so. I think um because Ty, he's like still a little bit up with the, up in the air with the work permit and stuff. Um it might get done in time but then you know will he have Will he have had time to bed in with the squad? Like, yeah. he's watched games, but he's not been involved with them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like Paul Davis was saying that he's in Rotherham and he's been to games. Yeah. Um, But he's not like been with the squad, if that makes sense. So I, I don't think even if he was announced tomorrow, he'd be in contention. Lindsay's out injured at the minute. Um, so it leaves you to pick through Cafu, Wales, Rathbone, and Adolphin. And unfortunately for Adolphin, I think Cafu comes in, and Wales and Rathbone are, are your other two. Um, again, based off the dress rehearsal we're linking, it might be that Adolphin starts and Wales gets benched for example. But yeah. I just can't see it. If I'm being honest, I think Adolphin will come in later in the game and still have that, you know, that powerful impact. You know, I, I could see Cafu coming out for Adolphin later in the game. And now that we've got more substitutes, we can actually accommodate that now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my starting three is definitely Cafe Wilds, Rathbone.
2: Yeah. Uh, if Chris signs, I, su- I suspect he might be on the bench. Again, because you've got the nine subs, so you can do that uh, and put him on for the last 10 minutes, get some game time. We've got the Morecambe game coming next week, so I- I'd be desperate to sign him before that game so he can get 90 minutes next week or something similar mm-hmm. from that one. Mick, are you similar to Danny? I- I- again, with what's available, I think that is the best the best three? Yeah, I think so. I think so.
3: Uh, and it does get, like you say, it does give you some options off the bench as well, as things stand at the moment. But um, yeah, without a doubt, I, I'm surprised. I was very surprised to see how well Cafu and Oli Rathbone play together. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know why. It, they just seem, uh, I, I want to say similar, similar kind of players. You know, they're, they're, they're combative midfielders, aren't they?
0: Uh, but yeah.
3: they
2: both offer something very,
3: very different. Uh, so yeah I, I can't see anything different in that midfield at all to be honest with you
2: Which means the last big decision Danny is then mm. the top to front two do you go Hugo Kelly Hugo Green do you maybe bring Wiles further forward and put a Dauphin in the middle and move <laughs> Wiles here as a, as a proper number 10 this is this mm. is the big unknown for me to be honest
4: Yeah it is for me as well and you've got me rethinking what formation I'm lining up with thank okay. you Um I mean, again, it just shows how much flexibility we've got. You know, the flexibility to even consider whilst you're playing further forward and it not really damage the team and, like, take a block out of midfield? Because, let's face it, was as big as two blokes anyway. Um, So, it gives us that chance to not faff about with it, but be more flexible with it. Um, I mean, just doing my formation now. I mean, yeah, you could play, say... um, your three at the back, and then you have Fred on the right, Cohen on the left, and your midfields more two with Cafu and Rathbone, and then have Wiles slightly more further forward. So mm. that gives him the run across the middle, but also have your wing back sort of on the overlap beyond Wiles and into the wider places, and then uh your front two. So I do think it'll be more of a thing of a front two, unless we sort of play Fred further forward and push Green further out wide.
0: Yeah.
4: Um <clears throat> so then it could be like a, a three four three almost. Um, again, flexibility. But I do think for the uh, for the start of the season, again, based off what happened with the Lincoln game, I do think it's going to be Hugel and Green up top. Um, I think that would have been the plan if Green hadn't already played his two games as a trialist. Yeah, um, And we sort of brought Kelly into it. Kelly did all right as well, you know, um, but Kelly's always sort of quiet when he starts games. And I think Matt Taylor sees that as well. So imagine the danger teams are going to face when you've got Hugo and Green starting against you, and then you've got the bulldozer on the bench again. <laughs> you know that that's going to be quite frightening. Um, and I think that also plays into what Matt Taylor wants to do because he still understands that Georgie is more of your impact player. Mm. Um, and you know, if say Hugo was to come off and Kelly to come on, that's. You know, still going to be quite dangerous, even with Green coming off and Kelly coming on. That's still going to be dangerous, and again, the nine subs allows us to accommodate that as well. So, yeah, I think yeah, Hugo Green to start. I think as well. I'll be I'll be more surprised if it's not those two than if it um, than if it was somebody else. If I make does that make sense? Yeah, I
2: think yeah. So. Uh, is Hugo nailed on then, Mick? There's no question about Hugo starting. Do you think?
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, cool. I've got, I
3: don't think there's any doubt about that, is there? So um, it's just a question of who was up there with him. Um, and Danny's been through just about every single option there, hasn't he so um, mm. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go for a combination of any any one of the uh, the the uh, partners that Danny mentioned there for Hugo, but Billy green, the Andre Green.
2: Fair enough. Uh, Shelley says it could we could play four three one two with Wiles behind Hugo and Green. That was that would mean. Off in, in the three, Uh yeah, certainly. Not, certainly, not. I think that's they go to look at options. You could do any, you could do all, you do that. You could three four three nine six three five two four three three whatever. There's loads and loads of options, um, which we've, which we've, which was covered. Prediction time. This season, I'm going to keep a record of our predictions and laugh. Oh, We're going to put a good points prediction league between us Um and laugh at how terrible we all are. <laughs> New Vin- Vin- look-
4: York, talk super 6 Basically, yeah.
2: In fact, that's not a bad idea. Shall we start a Super 6 league? Because you can do that, can't you? We can do that. That's your job, Donna. You're on that, mate. You've volunteered yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I haven't got a trophy for the winner, but we'll figure that out. I'll give somebody a a booby prize or some nonsense like that. We'll work some out as the season progresses. When it becomes clearer and clearer who's the worst at it, we'll work out what we want to do with it. Um, So, Mick, first game of the season, the hardest game to predict out of the entire forty-six. What do you reckon? Oh God! I know. Uh, one one. One one. Boring. Yes. Fine. Um I'm going to stick with the predictions I've already done. I've go one nil towards. It'll be horrible. It'll be disgusting, like it was last season at Stoke. It'll be hilarious when Alex Neil spontaneously combusts on the touchline. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if it again, oh, that would be such fun. Uh, Danny, what do you reckon?
4: Um, well, I don't think it'll be as backs to the wall as it was yeah. last season, because that, that was frankly ridiculous looking back, <laughs> wasn't it? Um, but I'm going to echo what you said earlier, Mick. I think playing Stoke this early in the season, when they've signed 10 new players, they're still going to have time gelling together in a match mm-hmm. day situation. So that could play into our favour. Um I've got a feel I don't know, I've got a we I've got a weird hunch it's going to be one nil to us again, but will be a lot more pressing against Stoke rather than the ones being pressed.
2: Okay. Fair enough. They I'll give you the spoiler from the uh Stoke guy was that they expect they expect them to press us again. They don't they're not gonna let us have a second on the ball, they would prefer us to have the ball. Work might for them to have the ball pressing wise, so uh, so would you say one nil, Danny? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Millie says two one to the millers. Simon Thor says, might be a new season, but some things never changed Three one, Jamie says two one. Terry says one nil to us, but we take a point. That's why I'm that's where I'm Terry. It's exactly where I am. Palmer says one nil. YouTube says two one to us. John one nil to us. Uh, so is Kim Haywood. Cheryl Stone says two one to the millers. Parolaid says he can't just. can't see us conceding with Victor and Humphreys playing together. Yeah, I can. I can buy that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's finish on again. Trying to take your United of glasses off. Is there anything that concerns you about this season? Is there anything which you think oh, you know if that, if this don't work or if we don't fix this hole, we are going to be in trouble? Is there anything in there Mick that concerns you as it stands?
3: you I mean from a, a purely Rodham United point could, of view? Well, yeah, it yeah. Could,
2: could affect our season in, in, in terms of success.
3: Yeah, we get a lot of injuries again, but that applies to everybody else, doesn't it, you know? No, I'm, I'm comfortable with the way the summer's gone, and, and we're not finished yet anyway, we know that. That's been that's been, been made very, very clear. So, I, I, no, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. I'm really happy with, um, with the way things are going. But... You know, come Saturday, it's come Saturday night when we've had seven pump pastors because we've, we've gone out with a whimper. You know, it might be completely different. Football's football's like that, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. you put three or four great performances together and then turn up like a pub team. Um, yeah. So, um, no, I'm not worried. I'm not worried at the moment. I'm, I'm certainly not worried to the extent that if I were reading the, uh, if I believed anything that I read on the internet, make should make me
2: worried. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Have you ever had such a contrast between what everybody else thinks, what the outside world thinks, mm. and how the general feel, it's not just us happy clappers, Danny, is it? I think the general feel is very positive.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. But from, mm. from a rather united point of view, it is, yeah. But when yeah. you when you move outside of that, yeah. you know, everybody's just saying the same thing. You know, people are sheep now, aren't they? You know, they just, they, somebody says they something can't. and everybody else just follows it.
2: Yeah. Uh, Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, thoughts on just any worries and just the general gist and feel? Um I mean, I know I've just done the action of Mick Fish in there,
4: but I'm weirdly inclined to agree. It almost feels like, you know, all Rolfram fans are sort of on their own little island in the middle of mm. the Pacific where we know what's happening in our little bubble, but nobody else has a clue and they only assume. You know, and the assumption is that we're going to go down without much of a fight. Um, and I think really? the only case that that's been true is the 16-17 season where we legit didn't... We went down without a fight, really. Um, but then we, they forget, we stayed up with a game to spare last season mm. by proper true grit, digging in, grafting out the results when we had to. Um, and that's how we are. And But I think this season, just to... Uh, echo what Matt Taylor said, we want to play football the Rotherham way but mm. also play attractive football and they're the players that we've brought in we've brought in the players that you want in the trenches with you but also play attractive football and I think a lot of teams will be surprised by that, mm. you know it's not going to be little Rotherham that lays down and lets you tickle the belly but like, away from home, I'm fully expecting us to get more than five wins away from home this season Rather than the two, which was an improvement anyway. Um, so, but I think the overall vibe is that they've looked at you know the teams with the the names in the glowing lights that have come down from the Premier League and the fallen giants who have come finally come up from League One, you know. And I'm not and I'm not talking about the team you all think I'm talking about. Exactly. Um, and I think they've looked at it and gone, they're going to have good seasons, you know. That mm. like I've seen some people predicting Ipswich to get to the playoffs. It's like That's they don't crazy. have the pull of Sunderland. You know, and I still think Sunderland overachieved last season as well. Um, and then you look at, like, Leeds and Leicester and Southampton. Yeah, they've been in the Premier League and they've done exceptionally well. And they've got the biggest wage budgets in the league. But that doesn't automatically give you the right to be good in this division. Some teams will still surprise you. I mean, look at Burnley. We surprised Burnley on both occasions. All right, we didn't beat them. But... I think it's what twelve percent of their goals were conceded conceded against what, us. Uh... You know that's a mad start of someone who's just come up from the division that was two below you um, mm. at one point. And I think it's going to be the same case. We are going to surprise teams. They're not going to expect us to really come at them and mm. attack them. You know, mm. I think at times Rotherham will be like a cornered animal in the championship, where we'll we'll win win the scrappy games. Uh, and there'll be other times where we get absolutely pummeled by somebody because we just didn't turn up. But I think just to automatically label Rotherham as relegation fodder this season is probably a mistake.
0: Yeah,
4: I think people who are more inclined to label Rotherham as playoff contenders are probably a bit too ambitious, but maybe a bit brilliant.
0: <laughs>
4: and I, but I see this season as a as one to improve on the last. You know, and that's why I've sort of bumped us up a little bit this season mm. i think that's matt taylor's vision bumpers up a little bit more okay. and if we do that in a season that's quote-unquote a lot harder then it's a fantastic
0: achievement
2: mm. yeah it is power His only concern is we don't get the players that Taylor wants but there's still plenty of time left which is true shelley says injuries killed us last season makes you wonder how we might have finished yeah mm, yeah there's not too um Sam Zara said we've got an we've got an amazing defense this year let's hope they all stay fit uh, Steven Adams, whimper and Morrison are two words that just don't <laughs> go together. That's, that's, that's why, that's why Matt Taylor so hard to try to sign someone like Sean Morrison. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's exactly the reason. Yeah. Um, anything else? Anything else we want to touch on before we, uh, get out of here? It's time. It's time, isn't it? Come on. Get excited, boys and girls. Come it's time. Here we go. For football, to come here back. we go. Um, Thank you all for being with us. Don't forget the scout report is on is out on Friday. On, if you go on you're the YouTube channel, it's out from like... I've scheduled it very early in the morning. So if, when you wake up on Friday, there's 15 minutes of Rotherham United content for you to consume on there. We will be back on Sunday evening, which will be to review the Stoke game, uh, whatever happens. And we'll also have a, a bit of a small preview of the Morecambe game. I think, uh, more it have got Morecambe Cup, haven't we?
3: Yes, we have got more coming. we have the yeah. more coming. Cup every
2: season. obviously yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> um, please do subscribe to YouTube if you haven't done already. We're creeping up on 1150 or something like that. Subscribers, so that's gradually keep going up. So please do keep subscribing. Don't keep subscribing if you haven't subscribed, subscribe <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it more than once unless you use somebody else's device, which is an option. Um and if you're listening on iTunes and Spotify, make sure you subscribe and please do give us a five-star rating if you're on there as well. Danny, thank you very much for being with us, and uh, I, yeah, let's get the season on. Yeah, let's let's kick off the season in style. I'm gutted I can't
4: be there, but I will certainly be listening on iFollow whilst getting ready for work. And hopefully, <clears throat> I can get it on the sound system, but I don't know how illegal
2: that is yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work away. You'll actually can work tomorrow. We'll find a way. Yeah. And uh, Nick, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting, isn't it? I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. No, I mean that. I didn't, I didn't mean that to sound sarcastic. I genuinely am looking forward to it. So. When you say people i all just assume you're a bit sarcastic. That's yeah. Right. yeah of Fair I'll
4: tell you one thing I'm looking forward to, though. And that's wearing a Rotherham shirt at work tomorrow while Chef Wednesday are playing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they might, might not make it till set to Saturday. Yeah. Well.
3: yeah
2: right. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for being with us. I thank you for sticking with us through the summer and joining us again. We will see you next time. And up the millers. Up the millers. It's a wild, wild well, throw goal, slots it beyond Fodringham, and the Millers are in front in the South Yorkshire derby. Oh. And for the first time in 42 yes. years, yes. Rotherham United win it from away. On the edge of the box, the dolphin. He can hit them, and he does. Oh! Yeah! The dolphin! Oh, fantastic! Have bad. scored an absolute screamer for Rotherham United. Rotherham United have secured their championship status for next season.